Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 128 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Thursday, November 16th, 2023. It's a whole lot of birthdays today, Omar. Did, did you realize this? Not only was it was the birthday of media member, Dolphins beat writer, Daniel Oyafusi of the Miami Herald. When he's, birth- he's a baby. I wasn't going to give his age, but the birthday of Jason Sanders, 28 years old. Him, it's it's public record. So, uh, And also the birthday of Jeff Wilson Jr., also 28 years old. Didn't uh, see Jeff Wilson in the locker room. I guess he's turning up. I don't know. Uh, before we get to the, the news of the day, and it's an eventful day, uh, very quickly, our player recognition for number 28. I am going to go with not necessarily the best number 28, but I'm going to go with safety Gene Atkins. Played for the Dolphins for three years in the mid-1990s. Very, very physical safety. Um Mm. who also was the father of former Cincinnati Bengals defensive tackle Geno Atkins. Oh, very good player, Geno Atkins. Hell of a player who played 11 years with the Bengals and borderline, I'm going to say borderline Hall of Famer. Listen, um, while I respect your selection of players, I'm going to purposely choose one so that I can talk about him. Excellent. I love that. You you love that. Woo, do I want to talk about Jabril Wilson? Uh, Jabril Wilson was also <laughs> number 28. Yeah. Jabril Wilson will go down in history, and I will fight to my death as the worst signing in Dolphins franchise history. Jabril oh, Wilson sure. was signed to a major, I believe it was $28 million deal as a safety, one of the highest paid safeties. They got him from Oakland, built by Bill Parcells in that regime. And lo and behold, that guy was the worst safety and the worst fit for this defense and boy did he throw others under the bus when he made a mistake and it got to a point where his teammates absolutely turned on him and was like you gotta go and I don't think he made it uh, if he made it that season he was released that offseason and they ate a ridiculous amount of money just to get this guy to get out of here because he became such a cancer in the locker room and I'm not sure he played like significant time in the NFL after that season, but woo, that was a whopper. And I know you've probably got your list of worst signings in franchise history. Jabril Wilson is easily in the top 10. I mean, top five. He surpasses Ernest Wolford. He surpasses Jake Grove because he was at least a solid starter for one season. Yes. Injuries played a part in that. He surpasses Justin Smiley. Same reason. Justin Smiley was injured. Jabril Wilson just sucked. And he was a bad teammate on top of that. (laughs) Okay. By the way, and I love that you chime in with your own player. Love that. Uh, Because this doesn't have to be only my show. I'm older than you, and I've I've covered this team longer than you have. And I I really don't remember numbers, but I remember 28. Oh, that film stood out. Like, oh, he was bad. He was really, really bad. He He wasn't good. And that's being polite. So anyway, we have a very, very good number 28 in 2023, Devon Achan, uh, who will be part of our our conversation very shortly. However, as we talk about the news of the day, which begins with the just recent move of the release of wide receiver Robbie Chosen. This is where the part, Omar, everybody knows you like Robbie. So you know everybody's going to be sympathetic towards you there. So, Hey, man, listen the writing was on the wall, uh, doesn't play special teams, whereas every other receiver on the unit on the team plays special teams. 
Um, and really, he became receiver number seven, was inactive for the last couple of weeks. And Robbie knows the game. Robbie knows what, what this is. Um, he's He was signed to the practice squad primarily because he just wanted to be part of this team and wanted to be part of this organization and finally wanted to be part of winning. Um, he knew it wasn't going to lead to a lot of playing time or opportunities, but he still wanted to be part of this. And saw him in the locker room today. Um, didn't know. I didn't know if he had been released now that he was kind of greeting guys and kind of seemed like he was saying his goodbyes. Maybe he had known that he was being he got had gotten released. However, um, I do think that there's a high chance that he could possibly come back. And this is an important move for I let Poupar chime in why it's important. Well, not necessarily the move, because one, uh, and this goes back to Devon A. Chan, who is looking more and more and more. There's a, there's a story out there, a report that he's going to play Sunday. That's kind of how it's been trending the whole time. I wrote that yesterday. What you talking I about? No, there's no need for a report, but it, it's out there now. Anyway. I wrote that yesterday. Like, on alldolphins.com. Like, who's out here reporting get, that? There like, you go. We get it for free. Now, A. Chan has to be activated before Saturday at 4 p.m., to play against the Raiders on Sunday, which again is almost a formality at this point. Very it formality. all along, all along the likelihood it was it was that it was going to be Robbie Chosen who was going to be that player whose roster spot A Chan would take. Yes. Now with the move being made today, Thursday, now Chosen is going to go through waivers. If he clears waiver, the Dolphins can re-sign him to the practice squad as early as Saturday. And they could elevate him Saturday to play against the Raiders. And they have injury situations at wide receiver with Braxton Berrios, who returned to practice Thursday before leaving while we were still, uh, the, whilst the media was still viewing the, the portion of practice. And Chase Claypool has not practiced so far this week. So at this point, doesn't like Claypool's playing. Berrios is a major iffy. River Craycraft is back, but that's Hill Waddle, Craycraft, and Cedric Wilson Jr. And guess what? Robbie Chosen clears waivers, gets re-signed to the practice squad, elevated, and he plays against the Raiders, which could not maybe, have happened. Maybe he plays against the Raiders, but I, I I and I think it's leaning that direction. I mean, they're gonna all hands on deck just because we haven't seen Chase Claypool for an entire week. Braxton Berrios, I'm 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 leaning towards him not playing if we're gonna err on the side of what Mike McDaniel generally does, which is think big picture, think about guys trying to get to December when it's elimination games. Um, if if Robert Hunt isn't playing, Braxton Berrios probably shouldn't play as well. Um, and Braxton does not look like himself. He does not look completely healthy. Obviously, he, this is a situation where he probably is gonna need a week or two of rest now. If he's going to continue to play and maybe handle kickoff and punt return roles and probably have River Craycraft take on the slot position, okay, that makes sense. But why not just shut him down and get past what, what he's dealing with right now? Correct. But here's my point as to why now, there's a possibility that Chosen could be claimed on waivers. Remember, we're past yeah. the trading deadline, so everybody's subject to waivers. I would definitely claim him if I was a team like okay. the Chiefs. I know, but here's the thing. The Dolphins would not be making this one move on Thursday to me if it wasn't with the idea that they're get there they want to keep open the possibility of having chosen available to play against the Raiders. Excellent. Excellent um, point, touche to you. Um, I I immediately knew this was HN spot. Um, it, it only an idiot realizes he's not gonna get activated on Saturday 
and he's probably going to get the bulk of the carries considering how Raheem Mostert kind of looks um, right now. And even though Raheem spoke to us and see, he said he's fine, looks good, feels good, bumps and bruises of, of the regular season, um, Raheem looks like he needs it to be in the shutdown program. If we're going to shut down all guys that we need for that final stretch of the season, Raheem Mostert is definitely one of them. Um, this is, it makes sense to bring back Robbie by Saturday. Uh, but I, I think they have enough receivers, especially, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Tyreek Hill. Um, I, he's not on the injury report again. Okay, but again, Omar, here's here's my thing. If they if they didn't need the roster space because they had, they didn't activate, there was only one move. There was no corresponding move. So yes. again, if it wasn't f- with Sunday in mind, why are you making the move to re- to waive chosen today? So um, certainly, that that's the point there. Uh, and we're gonna say that I'm gonna second what Omar said about Raheem not necessarily looking necessarily great or overly spry in the small portion of practice that was open to the media. Who knows? Maybe he turned it on and looked perfectly fine after we were gone. But uh, who knows? I, I, I thought he would have been shut down today. Maybe he's going to be shut down tomorrow. But um, uh, maybe. But maybe. we mentioned Barrios coming back to practice. Um, after a D- – yes, after a DNP on – no, he was not a DNP. The injury report, I'm like, I apologize, losing my train of thought here. Bad Allen, Bad Allen. Uh, the injury report, the three changes were that three guys, of the, three of the six guys who were out on uh, on Wednesday came back on a limited basis, and that's Durham Smythe, Alec Kingold, and Berrios. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Hunt, Robert Jones, and Chase Claypool, a DNP for a second consecutive day. Yes. And and Robert Hunt and Robert Jones basically means that Lester Cotton is going to be starting. And also Liam Eichenberg, the Eichenberg Express. We're on for another ride. And this time it's going to be at right guard for Eichenberg. And he actually talked to us today. Liam's such a great guy um, and so candid and so honest. And he's basically like, well, this is my final chance. Uh, if I can't prove I'm a starter here, like I'm clearly not a starter in the NFL. And and he said it's going to be right guard because he feels more comfortable at right guard for some strange reason. Um, that's the only position he hasn't started in an NFL game at. Can you believe that? He started an NFL game at every position on the offensive oh, that's, line. Yeah, except, that's crazy. Except for right guard. And he was so candid and so honest. And I always feel like he makes my heart, I feel good for him. And then I watch him play. And then I'm like, Ooh, it's, you know, Ooh, but I I really want him to do well. I really want him to have a chance to prove that he is an NFL starting offensive lineman. Um, I, I, I want to believe in Liam and, but he's got to show it and he's got to show that his teammates, uh, after he did the interview, man, um, they, I, I believe it was Jalen Phillips who said, man, you're really a stand-up guy. I mean, because, you know, the team knows we've been critical of, of, of Liam. And he is the weakest link on the off. He's the weakest link on team on, on, in terms of players. Whoa, who, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hold, on, hold, on. Yeah. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Give me, 
Give me a weaker link of, in terms of players who play. Yeah, man, that's harsh. Do we do we need really need to have a weaker link? I mean, this is I the mean, game you all you know, there's always a weakest link. You all and it's it's. And I think he, I think he's done okay at center. I really do. I think out with the exception of the Buffalo game, he'd improved every single game. Um, he likes the right tackle position. He feels it's a little bit more natural for him. Even give me though, right, give me right guard, right guard. Even though he's always played on the left side, um, let's hope it works. Let, let's truly, wow. truly, truly do hope it works because I think this. You might have to have Liam hold it down at right guard for probably a week or two. But it seems like the Dolphins are way more comfortable with letting Lester Cotton settle in at left guard. Lester told me he doesn't care where he plays. He's comfortable at both spots. He's got a very interesting story as well. Everybody, everybody's got their own interesting journey to the NFL, where Lester Cotton admitted to me that depression and bad eating habits basically ended his tenure with the Raiders. And it was a maturity thing. He said he needed to be cut. He needed to find God for him to be here and be in this situation. And he admitted this is a revenge game for him because this is the team that, that cut me and they deserve to cut. I, I, they rightfully cut me, but I'm a different man now. And his teammates have a lot of confidence in him. It'll be interesting to see how he performs. I, I like him better as a pass blocker than I do as a run blocker, but let, let's see how he moves out there. He is, he's got, He's got, you know, he's a parade all American, right? From high school. Not that that means anything. No, was, no, I, yeah, I know he was very, and he played at, at, at Bama. So obviously, yeah, he played very, 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 very highly touted recruit, um, t- talented player. I didn't even realize that it, Frank Smith had coached him. Um, of which I, I, I didn't, I, I don't, I didn't remember. Yeah, no, and that's that's an issue to revisit. And we didn't discuss him. We had Hondo on the show on Tuesday behind enemy lines, but. There have been a lot of names already thrown out there as potential Raiders head coaches after the season. Once, once they, yes, yes, Frank Smith has been has been thrown out there oh. as a potential. Oh. Um, All right. Yeah. Yep. Um, interesting. Um, how about how about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something else I want to discuss. Yes. Um, and this I wrote about this on AllDolphins.com on Thursday. Akeem Hicks. And you know where I'm going with this. Interesting report from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN yesterday saying that multiple teams have, the, have had conversations with Hicks. And his uh, representatives, yes. Or his representative, same, same difference. Yeah. Uh, and he's still debating whether he wants to continue playing. He played with the Buccaneers last year, hasn't played this season. Of course, he had his best seasons, particularly when it comes to pass rushing, were with Vic Fangio when he was at D.C. in the Chicago Bears had seven, seven and a half and eight and a half sacks in his three seasons there. So uh, I asked Fang, Fangio about. Yes, Fangs. Concerns. Sorry? You asked Fangs. As, I uh, asked Fangs about concerns about the heavy workload of Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins, who are sixth and seven in terms of snaps for interior defensive linemen in the entire NFL. And you can see the story on alldolphins.com where you can Correct. get it for free. And then. All your Somebody, followed, sorry, that's where you can get all your stories for free. Absolutely, and then somebody followed up with specifically Akeem Hicks, um, and he said that he had a discussions with Chris Greer about Hicks, and that didn't gain any momentum. And my point to that is, if you think that means it shuts down the idea of Akeem Hicks joining the Dolphins, 
I, I say, uh -uh, no, it doesn't, because those conversations, I'm going to guess, took place before the season, training camp, and at that time, Chris Greer probably told Fangio, we're okay with what we have and all that. Doesn't mean the possibility can be revisited, and Greer already has on the record what Vic Fangio told him about Akeem Hicks, which hasn't, which you know hasn't changed since they had their conversation. And, and what's interesting also is Fangs also talks about how thin they are at defensive tackles and justified it playing uh, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer a lot of snaps because of how thin they are. Um, I don't think that's a really valid excuse because you could also play Raekwon Davis. You, you could also play the, Deshaun, Deshaun Hand. Um, if yes, they're playing at a high level, but what happens if some one of those guys goes down? And you got to worry about snap counts, especially with, from a defensive tackle standpoint. But right now, the defense is playing well, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it, or don't try to fix it, or don't try to alter it. So you know, and I think Raquan Davis is going to have a great opportunity to play in this game, just because you're going to be facing a lot of running uh, with with uh, J Jacob um, with. Josh Jacobs, come on. Yes. I'm sorry. Josh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs with Josh Jacobs, who has a very disappointing 3.3 yards per carry average, even though he's got a ton of yards. I mean, 3.3, I'm not worried about 3.3 yards per carry, but I know how talented he is as a back. Um, that, no, and, then, and by the way, this is the part where we mentioned, we should mention that at some point the Dolphins made inquiries about Josh Jacobs. He, um they're also making inquiries about every single living, yes. breathing running back who might have been available. And, and and even and that's before Achan really started going off. Um, I think that they are past all that now and are excited about where they have what, what they have in the future. Um, I will admit that I'm a little bit surprised that Jeff Wilson hasn't gotten more run the past couple of weeks, and and that'll definitely be monitored this week, especially with Raheem Mostert not looking like he's 100%. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I definitely expect if you are a fantasy owner of Devon Achan, uh, you better pick him up because he will be utilized heavy, and it'll be interesting to see what he can produce behind this offensive line, which, as you know, is my biggest concern about this week and this season. Um, I, I don't worry about the tackles so much, but whoo! You, you don't have you don't have any room for injuries on that interior of the offensive line, and I think Chase Hines, Chase Chosen Hines, what is his Jason. name? Chasen Hines is probably going to have to be elevated up from the practice squad, if not um, the backup center, because you definitely need some interior help. Um, you you probably have to elevate the backup center, Alama Ulave, because obviously Liam's going to be playing at guard, so he can't be at center. Um, but as the offensive lineman, all offensive line coach, which we talked to Butch Barry today and Frank Smith has always said, this is why we cross train guys so much. This is why we continue to work on it so that so that in these situations we can be ready. And they certainly will have to be ready in this situation because you can't afford another injury on this offensive line. No. And speaking of injuries, I, I did want to mention the Raiders part of it. Um since I mentioned they had a couple of key guys who did not practice Wednesday, those two guys, the left tackle Colton Miller and their cornerback Amik Robertson, both of them practiced on Thursday, albeit on a limited basis. So it looks like the Raiders are going to have their key guys for this particular game. But I, I'm with you and absolutely, especially with Mostert not looking like he's completely right right now, that A-Chain could be in for a decent workload 
for a guy returning after a four-game absence. And the Raiders' run defense, as we documented and discussed on the show yesterday, is just not very good. With all the respect to our old friends John Jenkins and Adam Butler, not very good. Yeah. Um, it, it Obviously, there's another issue that we need to discuss, which is Tyreek Hill and the fact that he got married. Um, that's been something I, I we really haven't addressed it because you never know what Tyreek Hill, but he just decided to say, hey, I'm by week. Perfect time to get married. We've been engaged for some some, some while. Let's go get it done. Let's let, 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 let let's get married in front of our family. I got my kids here. Let's just do it. So that's what he did. And he talked about this being another step that he's going to take to lock in uh, to finish out his career strong because he's realized that as he's cleaned up all the other distractions, the alcohol, the women, the party and whatever, his game has improved. And Tyreek's on a mission this year and Tyreek's trying to get to that 2000 yards. Um, I'm starting to raise a little bit of doubt that he's going to get there, but I definitely think that um, he's got the talent to get there. He talked a lot about how much he admired Devontae Adams's game. Um, I I wish I would have asked him, but I didn't want to, you know, create create kind of controversy because the wide receivers respect wide receivers. Devontae Adams is the reason why Tyreek Hill is here. That thirty million dollar contract that he got um, from the Oakland Raiders from from the Las Vegas Raiders basically inspired Tyreek to say, "Oh, he got that. Okay, I need a dollar more." And the Chiefs were not willing to pay that. And then the Chiefs decided that they had to move him. And Miami said, we'll pay you whatever you want. We'll give you whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why we have Tariq here. So you, you really have Devontae Adams to thank for that. Um, but to me, and I say this and I argue this to my death, you give me the choice of both receivers. I'm taking Tyreek every single day, every single time. And one, Devontae Adams has shown that he's a byproduct of the quarterback that he's with. I don't think you can say that about Tyreek Hill, who was going off with Alex Smith, who was going off with Patrick Mahomes, who's going off with Tua Tungvaluwa. And on top of that, Tyreek can run every route, whereas I'm not necessarily certain that Devontae Adams can run every route. It's funny. It's, to me, I wouldn't I would make it the other way around. I think in terms of route running, Devontae Adams probably has no peer in the NFL. I mean, okay. that dude... That dude will do anything. And also, I'm, I might take issue with your this notion of, of Devontae's a product of a quarterback. I, I, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good quarterback, you know. Is Derek Carr great? Well, he's not killing it right now. No, Derek oh, Carr's oh. – no, no, that's yeah, not Derek true. Carr last year. Um, Derek, Derek Carr is an upper echelon quarterback. Is he great? No. Is Jimmy Garoppolo great? No. But well, he had 186 yards against the Steelers. Sorry, 172 yards against the Steelers in week three. So, I, mean, I think I think Devontae Adams is. I, I think you're. Yeah, and he's also had 11 yards against the Lions. No, no correct, but that's 29 yards against the Patriots. That, that's a different. Hold, hold on, Omar. That's the difference, and I and I agree with you that in terms of pure, like as an offensive threat, right now, I think Tyreek Hill has no peer in the NFL because. His speed is just so unique. Um, mm -hmm. Adam is just an absolutely brilliant rod runner. Um, you know, who will get open. I think he does 
I agree in the sense that he does require more from his quarterback than maybe Tyreek does because Tyreek is just so ridiculous um, yeah. with the speed. Devontae Adams has four 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, Tyreek Tyre Hill's done that in sleep. And and I just – and I, I don't have to – I don't really want to make it a competition. Um, and we could throw in Minnesota's wide receiver if you want in the mix. You could throw in uh, Cincinnati's wide receiver if you want in the mix. Give me Tyreek every day because that kid is a first ballot Hall of Famer if he has four more seasons like he's having this year. Oh, I don't know. I don't disagree with you. Uh, Whereas I think some of these other guys might have to wait a year if they even just stay on pace because first ballot Hall of Famers are are very few in between, especially at the wide receiver position. And Tyreek's numbers right now, um, Tyreek's contribution, stats, productivity – I believe he's – I got to look it up, but he, and you probably would know, Ray, man. Um, when when the Dolphins acquired him, he was on pace for like a, 10 touchdowns a season in his entire career, and no other receiver had done that. And o- his only peers were Jerry Rice and, um, and Ter- Terrell Owens in terms of that level of productivity from a touchdown standpoint. Uh, we sure about he's- I'm going to look it up real quick because I never I – never- Never associated Tyreek. Well, uh, with Casey, he had fifty-six. Yeah, he had fifty-six touchdowns in six years. Yes. Don't 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 forget the special teams touchdowns as well because they they're factored in as well. But sure. Uh, sure, Tyreke, I, think I apologize. You are correct, sir. Yeah, Tyreek is a Tyreek is a unique, unique, unique weapon and a unique, unique talent that's hard to find, hard to replicate. I can find a lot of Devonta Adams. I can. They're they're all throughout the league. There are there are a lot of them. There's only one Tyreek Hill. There's only that there's Tyreek injects fear into everybody's soul. And and I, I could say you got high level of concern for Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs and and Jamar Chases and and you, you, yes, it's high level of concern, but Tyreek injects that fear factor because he will get you. You you catch him slipping, he will get you. I, I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. He is, which is why I, when we had our discussion about, you know, potential MVP candidates, it's why I, I think he deserves more respect than he's getting. Uh, because it's not just the numbers, it's how he affects opposing defenses. And No question about it. No question about it. No way to quantify that. Yes, but as you know, he, he wisely did the Kamala Harris and took himself out of consideration. Oh, stop it with that. He stop did. He said. He did. He said, Alec Ingold is the more important player on the team. <laughs> there you go. And, and guess what? It doesn't matter. He can, he can do that all he wants. You can still, you, he's still on the ballot. Unlike, unlike Kamala Harris, when she gracefully bowed out, he's still on the ballot. He's going to have to bow out. I'm telling you, he's going okay. to have to bow out. It doesn't matter anyway that there are bigger fish to fry. As Tua yes, as said yesterday, uh, it's, it's about winning a Super Bowl. It's not about earning MVP honors. Um, and the contract that goes with the MVP honors, wink, wink. Oh no, absolutely, no, 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 no. Well, Omar, I, I, I think I've been consistent in saying this. If he, if he plays to, plays well enough to put himself in a position where he wins NFL MVP, the the contract will follow. Mm, the contract ahead of a certain Justin Herbert. I think it's going to be close because again, no matter even with that kind of of production. There's still going to be the durability issues 
when you're talking about that kind of money for that kind of length of time. Okay, and what's supposed he doesn't get hurt for this season? Then do we can we end the whole durability talk? Because can we? I don't know. Well, that's that's the question. Can we? Yeah. I'm on this is cornrow too. This is a different man. Cornrow, he got the sexy beard now. He, you know, he's got his little swag to him. It's 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 you know, it's it's a different tour. So um I, I don't whew, I don't really have concern about him not playing a full healthy season. Um especially with Toronto Armstead in the lineup. Now I don't think this offensive line can afford another injury, as I've said previously on this show. Yeah. And I, I really like, I feel like the run game has to continue to be churning out productivity. 5.9 yards per carry right now. That I believe they're what, second best rushing attack in the NFL after the bye week. They're tied for second in rushing yards per game. Yeah, they, they, got, they got to stay there. They got to stay up there. And I think the defense has to continue to improve. Um, they're number 12 right now. They've got to get into the top 10 and then we'll worry about the rest later. Um, but to me, the biggest concern, the biggest fear, the biggest worry that I have is about the offensive line. And we shall see how things play out against Max Crosby and crew. <laughs> you're, I, you're like, I am, I am so not over. I mean, I, I could be my level of concern for this game again is, is, and, and the more I dive into the Raiders, the less I'm like, spirited team trying to fight fight for their survival okay, that, yeah. that, will, that will come to hard rock stadium on sunday overmatched at a lot of key positions starting with quarterback uh especially on defense that yeah i mean that line is 12 for a reason i can't i i'm not gonna ignore that vegas knows what they do and i believe the dolphins have basically been over on every you know uh, on every points i mean every every uh line and and points total so let's see and continue to see the dolphins offense continue to be productive but let's not pretend like they don't have injuries and issues no, no. but let's yeah. also not let's not pretend that they're not like like looking to protect themselves, which is why they brought in three guards for workouts, including Andrew Norwell, who once upon a time was one of the highest paid offensive guards in the NFL. Uh, a guy with a solid reputation, battled some injuries during his time in Washington. I'm sure then when they worked them out, they checked them out physically. Uh, again, there's only so many, and we, we talk about like, because you keep mentioning injuries on the offensive line. It's not like the Dolphins didn't have depth. It's just at some point, if you keep having, getting the same position over and over and over and over again, that would be where, like, where else are we going to go with depth at this point. Correct. Because that's been the position that's been the hardest hit. Um, but we are not thinking that Robert Hunt is long-term. We're not thinking that Robert Jones is long-term. So let's say two weeks or so you're back to having a lot of depth on the, on your offensive line, even though you did lose your starting left guard, but Again, if I'm going to point out the 22 starters on this Dolphin team, you have to lose one for the season. Who are you going to pick? I mean, this is do Isaiah win like that. It's not a shot to Isaiah Wynn, who actually performed very, very well. But again, yeah. out of the 22 starters, who would you pick? He played well, and your alternative was Liam Eikenberg at the time. So, yeah, it's uh, props to, to Isaiah Wynn. But, yes, I probably would have picked Isaiah Wynn, maybe Deshaun okay. Elliott, but yes. And okay. Deshaun has played admirably and quite well. So, um, props to them 
Um, we talked to Vic Fangio, who we talked to the offense coordinators, defense coordinator, special teams coach. Um, my one of my biggest concerns is who handles the return duties if Braxton is not cleared to play. They said there's a lot of guys that that can do it, and a lot of guys work in it. They have not. They they would even be open to uh, Waddle and and Tyreek and Von Holland as a punt returner. Von Holland as a punt returner. Um, and, but they've got Cedric Wilson, and Cedric Wilson has been playing well and admirable the last couple of weeks. You know, let let's get him involved. And I think Devon Achan will probably be back there handling some of the kickoff returns, just because it's a trait and skill that he had in college that was really dynamic and transitional. Same thing with Waddle. But obviously, Waddle, I, I would make the argument to you that Waddle is less important right now in this offense than Devon Achan. So I would rather have Waddle handle the returns than have Achan do it because Achan might be the only healthy running back on the team. Well, because Savan Ahmed's on the injury report with rib, but even though he's practiced fully both days. And, and then Jeff Wilson, I don't know what's going on with that. He's not on the injury report. And, and here's the thing also with the kickoff returns, with the way the rule is now, you can have somebody back there strictly just to field the ball. And if it's, you know, if it's, if it's not a touchback, yeah. a fair catch and you'll, you'll get the ball at 25. If, if the concern is exposing anybody to injury. So, mm-hmm. uh, and if I may interject real quick, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate Deshaun Elliott so much because you were kind of like mentioning him. I just uh, said you underestimate Isaiah Wynn. I just said if I had to choose a starter, but then then who would start in this place? Brandon Jones, who who I think we all agree is not necessarily a great ship in this team. I think that ship has sailed. That ship is long left the dock. I think. Hey man, you're correct. I, I was waiting for some major rebuttal over here. It's like, oh, hey man, I, I I liked what he did at training camp. Um, uh, you know, and let let's not pretend that um, Verone McKinley wasn't in the starting mix. I mean, Deshaun Elliott. I'm the only reason I'm bringing it up is because he was a question mark. Him and Win were the last question marks in terms of who's going to be the starters. Now he's played quite well, quite admirably well. Uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. um, Omar. Uh uh-uh. uh. What? 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 I said what? from the start, Deshaun Elliott was going to be your starter. Opposite you I said from the start, Deshaun Elliott was going to be your. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Forty-seven tackles. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Four, four, four pass breakups, one four fumble recovery, and 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 here's the thing that I will say and I will acknowledge, and it's not a secret. Like, if this defense is built around the safeties, where are the plays from the safeties? Funny, and, funny, you should bring that up. Because yeah. another story I wrote on alldolphins.com for free. Go ahead, Omar, do your thing. There you go. For free was what secondary coach Ronaldo Hill had to say about Javon's contributions to the defense when it when it was brought up that he doesn't have a whole lot of game-changing plays. So let's not spoil everything that he said. You can check out the story. Um, alldolphins.com. Alldolphins.com where you can get all your coverage about your favorite South Florida NFL team for free. And on that note, we will see you tomorrow where we will wrap up the final injury report. And then Saturday we'll have a live show for you. Um, And then Sunday, you know how we do it on game day. On that note, we're out. 
Visit alldolphins.com for the latest news, analysis, and columns, and it's all free. You can find Omar Kelly and Alan Poupard on the All Dolphins podcast discussing South Florida's NFL team on YouTube and anywhere you find your audio podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share so you stay in the know.